so good to be able to be gathered together today and uh, to enjoy the presence of one another and, of course, the presence of Jesus. Uh, Jesus is always present with us, right? There is never a moment at any point in time uh, in our lives where Jesus is not present with us. Uh, sometimes in our culture, we think that we have to uh, check all the right boxes, perform well, uh, do all of the right things in order to receive favor. Uh, but that's not the way that the kingdom of God works. Jesus is always present with us when we are at our best, when we are at our worst, when we have uh, our hearts are full of contrition, regret, fe feelings of failure, uh, or when we are filled with joy and peace and passion and zeal, Jesus is with us always. And of course, when we gather together, Jesus is present here, too, in this space, present with us to uh, encourage us, to fill us with his love once again, to spur each other on uh, in good deeds and in the mission of the kingdom of God. So what we do here is important uh, because it is, uh, sets the table for the remainder of our week as we go about whatever um, our separate directions are. Uh, but today, as we are gathered in relative safety and comfort, uh, we know that there are many around the world uh, who are unable to do so today. Uh, of course, we think about the uh, most pressing, perhaps, um, group of people, the Ukrainians um, who are at war right now, um, and the Russians. Um, we think about those who are experiencing uh, very rarely seen before drought and famine in Africa. We think about those uh, in our own country, in Buffalo, New York, who woke up this morning uh, and didn't wake up from the nightmare of some of their family members, friends, members of their community being senselessly slain while they were shopping for groceries. And so this morning I thought we would begin uh, by praying for those who are in need. Jesus encouraged us uh, to pray for those who have needs, um, and we think about those. We also think about the needs that are represented here. We all have uh, perhaps some of our own issues that need to uh, be prayed for. We have um, friends and family who aren't here. Uh, some of them might be traveling. Some of them might not be fe feeling well today. Uh, but let's take just a minute and lift up our uh, burdens to Jesus, and then uh, we'll spend some time praying together um, corporately. Offer those prayers to Jesus this morning. God, we recognize today the brokenness that grips our world. Brokenness that would lead one nation to war against another. Brokenness that leads to some having 
more than they could possibly need and others having barely enough. Brokenness that causes hate and bitterness and deceit and envy. And Jesus, as we look at these problems around the world, we probably begin to feel helpless for what can we do about these situations. They are much bigger than us. But in that same breath, Lord, we recognize that you are much bigger than any of the problems created in the kingdom of brokenness. And so we pray to whatever extent brokenness is impinging upon our lives, that you would help us to identify that, to be freed from that by the power of your work within us, that we might be more alive in the ways of your kingdom, that they might fill us so that we would be people who offer whatever amounts of love and peace and hope that we have the ability to do by the work that you are doing within us. Be with those who are unable to be here today, Jesus. Be present with them. And uh, lead us to what it is that you desire for us today. We ask these things today, knowing that you hear them, knowing that you delight in the prayers of your people, and that you act in ways of grace and peace. We ask these things in your name also. Amen. Well, we are in the midst of what is known as the season of Easter, as is the same with Christmas. Uh, we think Christmas is a one-day thing, but there actually are, is a whole season of Christmas. Uh, we think that uh, Easter is a one-day thing, but there's actually a whole season worth of uh, Sundays for Easter. So if you are counting on your calendar, this is actually the fifth Sunday of Easter, and it's a little bit confusing because it's only the fourth Sunday after Easter, but the first Sunday counts as the first Sunday of Easter. Does that make sense? Like, I was confused trying to figure that out this week, uh, so, uh, not that anyone else is paying that close of attention, but uh, in the season of Easter, we focus particularly on the resurrection. Of course, every time we gather, as we say in our opening liturgy, we gather to uh, profess, proclaim the power of the resurrection in our lives. But during the season of Easter, we especially focus on uh, resurrection. And we do so in order to be reminded of the presence of Jesus in our lives that uh, fear and greed and death and judgment, these things are finite. They are not eternal. What is eternal is love and uh, God and victory over these things. And so we remind ourselves that while our eyes might be distracted by the kingdom of brokenness that is all around us and influencing us, that, uh, the, that it is an aberration and what truly belongs is the kingdom of God and the ways of God. So we pattern our lives in ways that reflect uh, that, which is one of the reasons why we focus so much at Journey on 
doing good work and doing good work in our neighborhood. We believe that what we do within these walls is important and it matters and we want to uh, bring others into that. But just as important is the work that we do uh, in outside of these walls in our community uh, on behalf of our neighbor and with our neighbors. In Galatians chapter uh, 6 verse 9, we read this, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people. Let us not grow weary in doing good. Let us continue to do the good that is right in front of us as much as we are able so that the love of Christ can be revealed in and through us. During this season focusing on the resurrection, we have spent our time together comparing and contrasting the way of brokenness and the way of Jesus. The way of brokenness puts self and ego at the center of all things. The way of Jesus revolves around love. As we read in John chapter 13 earlier, uh, the, to be people known by love. In fact, the early church, uh, it is said of them, if you study history, it is written about the early church that they are people who love one another and do good works. And the reason why that is said about them is because they took these words of Jesus to love one another and to do good works. They took them very literally, that this was their significance. This was their purpose. This was their reason for being. And it was evident to even those who didn't believe in the same way. They were the ones who loved and the ones who did good works. The love that Jesus has placed within us, that Jesus loved us with, is exercised in and through our lives, which is evidenced by the good works that we are engaged in. As we read earlier, one interesting thing that Jesus said to his disciples in John 13, where I am going, you are unable to come. You cannot go with me, Jesus says. Remember, as we have thought about the resurrection and the implications that it has on our Lives. Of course, we look back at the historical significance of Jesus raising from the dead, of the empty tomb after Easter morning, and we celebrate that with awe, and we embrace the mystery of that as death is finally defeated. But what resurrection also helps us understand is that this world matters. This life that we live matters. This place matters. Sometimes we can get caught up thinking that all that matters is where we will end up after we leave this earth, right? 
Uh, if you think about our uh, attempts at trying to compel people in the ways of Jesus, what's one of the most common things that we will hear? If you die, where will you go? Right? Putting more emphasis on what happens in the future after we die than here. But resurrection shows us that this place matters. Jesus said, you cannot come with me. You must stay here. And it wasn't, I'm leaving you and abandoning you and going somewhere great, and you are unable to follow me because I don't want you there. It was, you still have work to do. I have done the work that I was sent here to do. I am finished with what God has tasked me with, and now... It is your responsibility to continue on in the work of the kingdom of God. But not in your own strength, right, of course, because we know that Jesus was sending uh, the Holy Spirit to be present with uh, the followers of his way in order to empower them to uh, do the things that Jesus called them to do, do the things that he commanded them to do. It says, you cannot come with me because what you have to do is important. It matters greatly. It is of great significance. And what is this work that Jesus says for us to do? What is this significant work that we are left here in this place that matters greatly? What is it that we are to do? Well, it is to love one another as... Jesus loved. Right? That is the work we are left to do, to love one another as Jesus loved. Now, sometimes, if we are able to be honest, and if you can't be honest in church, then where could you be honest? Right? That's probably not exactly true. We've learned to put on masks and cover things up in church, and uh, sometimes church is a place where no one is honest, right? Um, but here at Journey, we, we desire to be honest. And if we can be honest today, um, we recognize that sometimes our love for God, our love for one another, gets buried in ways of brokenness. Sometimes fear and judgment and hostility and envy and discontent, these very real and powerful uh, emotions and ways in our world, sometimes they get the best of us. And these uh, actions serve as weeds in the garden of love that the Spirit is cultivating in us. Uh, if you were to come over to my house today, uh, we have beautiful landscaping at our house. And I, it might sound like bragging, and I guess it is a little bit, but the reason why we have beautiful landscaping is not necessarily because of me. It is because the person who lived there before did a masterful job of creating these beautiful spaces, and I haven't lived there long enough to mess it up yet. <laughs> right? I'm trying, but... We've, it hasn't, hasn't been enough time passed. Uh, in our garden, 
we constantly have weeds, right? This is the curse of gardening anywhere, is that you have beautiful flowers and you have this eternal fight with weeds that pop up all the time. Now, being a novice gardener without green thumbs, I have to have to repeatedly remind myself that if I let too much time pass without tending to the garden, then if I want it to look the way that it should, I will have to end up spending a whole day, a whole Saturday, and maybe even a whole couple of Saturdays in order to get it the way that it needs to be, right? If you leave it unchecked, the weeds will just continue to grow. And so when I remember this, when I remind myself of this, I spend little bits of time throughout the day picking and pulling the weeds or watering and pruning the things, the vegetation that we want to be there. Right? So uh, I usually wake up pretty early, and some mornings I go for a run, and, and oftentimes after that run, I need a time to cool down, and so I'll hang out in my backyard, and I'll just spend about five or ten minutes as I'm cooling down pulling some weeds. And I spend a lot of, uh, of my working day uh, working at home because um, we don't have an office here, um, and I'll, you know, have writer's block or won't be able to process and need a brain break, and so I'll go outside and spend uh, just five or ten minutes pulling weeds, or I'll be on the phone with somebody and, and not have anything to do while I'm talking with them, so I'll go out and pull some weeds, or I'll be playing with the kids in the afternoon and uh, play with them for a minute, pull some weeds for a minute, or get the watering can and water some of the plants. Maintaining a garden requires frequent, daily, sometimes even multiple times a day, care and nurture. Our lives trying to follow the way of Jesus are the same. We cannot just rely on a one-time decision or a one-time thing or a one-day-a-week time to nurture the kingdom of God in our lives. It requires weekly, daily, sometimes hourly attention. One of the practical ways that I am seeking to remember this is I have set an alert to go off three times a day on my phone that says pause for prayer. And when that ding goes off or vibrates in my pocket, no matter what I'm doing, I will try the best that I can to stop and be still to take a few deep breaths. And uh, I typically will pray um, what's called the Jesus Prayer. It comes from um, Scripture in John where uh, the person along the way cries out to Jesus, Lord Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Three times a day in order to remember which kingdom I desire to live in, to be reminded that within me are the seeds of the kingdom of heaven, and that if those seeds are nurtured, they will blossom and bloom.
but also within our seeds of the kingdom of brokenness. So prayer is vitally important. Generosity is so important. Scripture reading and meditation are so important. Silence is so important. Because through these spiritual disciplines, we nurture the kingdom of God in our lives and thus choking out the kingdom of brokenness. Evidence of a healthy, cared-for garden is the fruit that it bears, right? Peace and beauty and tranquility. Evidence of the kingdom of God is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. And this evidence is made manifest in the world through good works, through us doing good. These good works matter, not because we take time to do them, but because of the resurrection, right? Because Jesus proved that this place matters. And through love and good works, our neighbors are plunged into the stream of God's goodness. That song that we sang, uh, the Lord bless you and keep you, and may the favor be upon you and your children and their children and their children's children, and so on and so forth. You see, oftentimes what is handed down is way, are the ways of brokenness, right? Uh, more and more and more, when I look in the mirror, the person who I see looking back at me is my father, right? Now, it's really interesting because I didn't grow up living with my father, uh, I was raised mostly by my mom and stepdad uh, and my grandparents. My dad and I have known each other all of our lives, but we've never had the sort of nurturing father-son relationship that uh, many people have. But yet, I look almost exactly like my father. That's the image that is being nurtured in my life. And when we aren't careful, we will pass along to those who come after us the imprints of brokenness and frustration. But Jesus offers us a different way where we can pass along to them the grace and peace of the kingdom of God so that our children and their children have the opportunity to live according to the ways of Jesus, right? We see this all throughout Scripture, that they pass along their faith, they pass along their desire to live in the kingdom of God. And when we are loving one another and involved in good works, 
those who we are engaging in good works with and for are influenced and affected by the kingdom of God, whether they realize it or not, that that blessing is imparted to them by our good works, or rather, we should say, by the spirit that is within us, compelling us to do the good works. That's why at Journey for Us, prayer and companionship and work are three values, three rhythms that we strive for. Prayer being love for God, companionship being love for one another, and work being love for neighbor. That, as Jesus said, we might be known for love and good work. So a couple of weeks ago, uh, Jeremy preached about the conversion of Saul, right, uh, who became Paul, and then wrote half of the New Testament, or the majority of the New Testament. Uh, there's another conversion in the chapters following the Paul conversion, and it's the conversion of Peter. Now, it's not the same type of conversion because Peter was already a follower of Jesus, right? Uh, Peter was with Jesus from the day when Jesus called him to follow him. Peter followed, sometimes reluctantly, sometimes in a very weird, destructive pattern, but nonetheless followed Jesus. And the conversion that we read about is not him being, or not him recognizing that Jesus was Lord, but having his eyes opened, being born again to a new reality that Jesus issued in, ushered in with his death and resurrection. Paul went from, perse from persecuting followers of Jesus as traitors to the Jewish faith to then admonishing and encouraging them for their faith. Peter, in this conversion that follows, went from deciding by appearance who was in and who was out, and being led by the Spirit. What's interesting in this conversion, it's the story of uh, Peter having a vision where the sheet comes down and it's filled with all these things, and God says to Peter, don't call unclean that which I have created. And Peter says, well, what parts of what you have created? And the vision tells him, that which I created, right? There's no stipulations on it. It's anything that has been created by God. You are not to call that unclean anymore, right? And this is pivotal. It's pivotal for us. We wouldn't be sitting here today if it wasn't for this conversion in Peter's life, because we are Gentiles, and this was the time where Peter understood Jesus' calling to welcome the outsiders, to go to the Gentiles. You know what led to this conversion for Peter? It wasn't because Peter was Peter. It wasn't because he was so great. 
It was because, as the scriptures tell us in Acts chapter 10, that God recognized a man called Cornelius's prayers and good works. That's what beckoned the Spirit to reveal to Peter, to capture Peter's attention and help him to see that God is for everyone. The good works and the prayers of the Gentiles are what led to this rebirth for Peter. A journey we are in this process of being born again. Now that might sound a little strange because our being born again is often confined to the time when we accepted Jesus as our personal Savior. But the reality is that we have moments of being born again throughout our lives, or at least if we're following along in the kingdom the way that we ought to, we will have multiple moments of being born again, of our minds being challenged to see things differently, to see things in new and fresh ways. Because as we grow in the kingdom, our hearts and minds and bodies are enlarged in order to be able to do what it is that Jesus is calling us to. We grow in the kingdom just like we grow in life. So as we are being born again here, may what results is the Spirit leading us to love one another and to be involved in, engaged in good work. And through the love that we share for one another and for our neighbors and the good work that we do, may the kingdom of God be evident to our neighbors. Would you pray with me today? Jesus, we are so grateful for your presence that is always with us. We're grateful for your spirit that is always with us. We're grateful for the way in which you nourish and prune and cultivate our lives. Little by little, moment by moment. Teach us, God, to be present in the ordinary, that we might in the everyday moments sense the extraordinary, never-ending, unfailing, present King of Kings, and Lord of Lords. We pray these things today, Jesus, in your name and for your sake. Amen.